even after the explanation of the Bhagavad Gita. In the Bhagavad Gita, the personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, directly instructed that the Supreme is a person, that the impersonal Brahman is his glowing fulgence, and that the Paramatma is his partial representation. All men were therefore advised to follow the path of Sri Krishna, leaving aside all mundane isms. Offenders misunderstood this instruction, however, because of their poor fund of knowledge. Thus, by his causeless, unlimited mercy, Sri Krishna came again as Sri Chaitanya Gosai. We have a couple pages of purport, so what I'll do is um, read and then we'll comment and discuss a little bit. But before we do that, I just wanted to <coughs> humbly beg the mercy and blessings of their lordships and Sri Prabhupada, Parampara, and all the assembled devotees here and everywhere for uh, the blessings to keep something Krishna conscious for the glories of uh, Gauri Thai uh, during this uh, Gaur Purnima week. So, uh, Lord Chaitanya is appearing in 
This opaque personality of Godhead appears as a great saint and powerful mystic who is above the three modes of nature and is the emblem of transcendental activity. He disseminates the cult of devotion throughout the world. So many people think of Lord Chaitanya as just a, uh, a saint or a historical you know, person, mundane person that uh, appeared, maybe a little bit more mystical than most, but actually he's non-different than uh, Radha and Krishna combined. So uh, he's uh, Govinda. Our deities here are Radha Govinda. Krishna's Govinda. So second, evidence cited from the Swetha Sotara Upanishad. This is from 6-7 and 3-12. From Ishparanam Paramam Heshparam From Devatanam Paramam Jagayatam Satyampatinam Paramam Parashtad Vidamadevam Bhuvaneshamityam Oh Supreme Lord, you are the Supreme Maheshwar, the worshipable deity of all the demigods and the supreme lord of all lords. You are the controller of all controllers, the personality of Godhead, the lord of everything worshipable. Mahantavurva Purusha Satavasyaisha Pravartapaha Sunirvam Imam Praktin the Supreme Personality of Godhead is Mahaprabhu, who disseminates transcendental enlightenment. Just to be in touch with him is to be in contact with the indestructible Brahma Jyoti. So uh, when the Lord appears, all his associates and different demigods appear in his pastimes. That's how, that happened when Krishna appeared. And so this is Krishna coming again, just some few generations ago, uh, and all these great personalities and demigods are, are appearing. Krishna's parents, Nanda and Jashoda, thank you, as Lord Chaitanya's parents, and uh, the demigods appear, and all the uh, special associates of the Lord, his special uh, friends, and even the uh, his brother, Balaram, coming as Lord Nityananda, and Balaram's favorite cowherd boy friends, they come as young boys, and, and sometimes come as sannyasis and renunciates, brahmacharis, in the pastimes of Gornitara. So the third sighting is from the Mundaka Upanishad, 313. Mavarnam, Satanamisham, Purusham, Brahmayonim. One who sees that golden colored personality of Godhead, the Supreme Lord, the Supreme Actor, who is the source of the Supreme Brahman, is limited, liberated. So uh, this is Lord Gore, and Gore means golden. And sometimes he's called Lord Garanga. Gore means golden, and Anga means limbs. So the golden-limbed Lord, 
and sometimes he's called uh, Gora Chandra, the golden moon. In, uh, in Mayapur, our temple is called the Mayapur Chandradaya Mandir. And uh, Mayapur Chandra is actually the Lord, Lord Chaitanya, Krishna, coming as Lord Chaitanya. He's the moon. He's the supreme moon uh, uh, of, uh, of this age, Kali Yuga. And Udaya means he rising. So it's the Mayapur Chandra Daya, rising, and on one day. So uh, that's Lord Chaitanya, the Mayapur Chandra, and he's rising. So uh, Prabhupada would say, the moon is rising in the east. So the Lord is rising in the east and coming to the west as the moon goes, right? So Lord Chaitanya is appearing in the east, in Bengal. And he's coming to the West as predicted. How is that? Kriti Vite Atayata Nagara Divinam Sarvata Chachita Hoidimora or something like that. So it's predicted that he's going to be glorified in every town and village. He's coming from the East and he's coming to the West. And, uh, and therefore, uh, Lord Chaitanya sent. And our Srila Prabhupada to the West via the instructions of his spiritual master, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, to, to preach uh, this uh, cult of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the, in the Western world and the English language. So, this is the Mayapur Chandra rising, coming from the East to the West. So, uh, the fourth evidence. Is from uh, Srimad Bhagavatam. This is the 11th canto and the 7th canto. by 
they're being absorbed and chanting the holy names and sharing the holy names with, with others. So he, he satisfies the desires of his devotees, you know, the pure devotees are uh, chanting the holy names with the desire to spread Krishna consciousness to all the fallen souls and they themselves are desiring to be pure and uh, uplifted and to serve in uh, pure devotion. So the Lord is fulfilling these desires. And then he um, he's actually worshipable by Lord Shiva and Lord Brahma. So we know that um, the Lord comes with his associates, um, the Panchatattva, the five truths, five personalities, including Lord Chaitanya, Lord Maitananda, who's Balaram, and Shri Adyaita. Shri Adyaita is actually Mahavishnu and Sarashiva. So it says here in this verse how he's worshipable by uh, these demigods, and so uh, so worshipable that um, even uh, Mahavishnu himself comes in Sada Shiva as one personality, the com combined incarnation of the Devita Acharya. So they're coming in these pastimes. So uh, they come to the big pastimes of, of Krishna, and now they're coming again. Lord Chaitanya's pastimes, and who is Lord Brahma? And uh, Lord Chaitanya's pastimes, he's none other than Hardas Kakor, the Namacharya of the chanting of the holy names, the Acharya who came in a humble position uh, to um, glorify the holy names through his chanting. So, in, in this way, it says he's the boat of the demigods for crossing the ocean of birth and death. So no doubt, all these personalities want to come and be part of the Lord's pastimes. They don't want to miss out. It's just like if some, you know, great personality comes to your uh, planet or your town or your home or whatever. You don't want to miss out. You want to be part of uh, greeting them and be part of their um, activities. So certainly the great devotees and the demigods, they, they did the same thing when Lord Krishna and Lord Chaitanya appeared. So the second uh, verse here from Srimad uh, Bhagavatam, seventh canto. Tatva Vidushyaja Sure Siddharaja Lakshmi Dharmita Paya Vachasaya Dakaram Teacher 
of uh, Sanskrit grammar. And he also has uh, his Grahasta pastimes with um, Lakshmi, who's coming as an incarnation of uh, Radharani, one of her expansions, and his mother, Shakti Devi. And then at the age, young age of 24, he takes sannyas, um, leaving aside this um, wonderful household situation of loving mother and loving wife who's non different than um, his eternal consort, Lakshmi or, or Radharani's expansion. So he leaves that situation to go and deliver the fallen souls. So this is um, one of the special um, aspects of the Lakshmi's pastimes. And then Prahlad in the Bhagavatam, seventh canto, he says, Param itam nirtirya rishi devi, nirti itam nirtirya rishi deva jiva, jiha Yamalatantra. Akalahandadadame 
And this Kali they worship Krishna, but not Krishna, who's not blackish. So the serfs, according to the Chaitas, is referred to Lord Chaitanya, Krishna, Lord Krishna, Krishna. And he's accompanied by his weapons and associates, his weapons, his astras and those are his devotees, his associates. And uh, yeah, established in the Linga Dharma of Sankirtan, Krishna, Lord Krishna, Sangopan, Sangopan, Yogyar Sankirtan. Worship the second Thank you. So, uh, the Lord, He has uh, remarkable pastimes, as we know, appreciate us. So, this is the track of the conditioned souls in Kali Yuga. Uh, we become attracted by uh, many uh, opulences. Uh, uh, and amazing activities. So, so when Lord Chaitanya appears, just the, the fact that he appears during a, a lunar eclipse is a pretty amazing pastime. Because generally speaking, uh, eclipses are considered to be an auspicious time. You know, like some places you go and, and they close down the temples, right? And uh, many people go and they pray, they won't eat, they won't sleep, they won't do anything, they won't go to the temple. And so when the Lord appeared, he made the arrangement by his um, supreme uh, controlling uh, tendency to uh, bring forth his pastimes, he made the arrangement that he appeared during a, a full lunar eclipse. And... Uh, so he uh, he did this for a particular reason. So you think, well, how is it that the Lord would appear in a time that seems very auspicious? But actually, when you look at it, um, it was very, very auspicious. Because people, when they think, oh no, here comes an eclipse, we have to go to the Ganga. And we have to submerge ourselves in the Ganga. We have to chant to uh, offset this inauspiciousness of the eclipse. So everybody went to the Ganga. And everybody was chanting. Even though they said the Mohammedans would imitate the, uh, the Vaishnavas. And they would chant and, and mock the, the holy names. So everyone was chanting. And this brought forth an amazing um, transcendental atmosphere that the Lord appeared when there was a full Harinam, full Sankirtan. So, uh, and also, too, the constellations, the stars, the zodiacs, everything was calculated as total auspiciousness and uh, also calculated as this is the um, Supreme Personality of Godhead appearing. Everything was aligned in that way. So, uh, in this way, the, the Lord uh, arranged that everybody could uh, greet him as he's coming into uh, descending to the world and coming as, as if uh, he's a baby. <laughs> his uh, original pastimes, uh, when he comes, is uh, baby pastimes, just like with Krishna. So uh, this attracts the conditioned souls. So, some uh, are very attracted to the pastimes of uh, 
youth and other pastimes that others attracted to the baby pastimes of the Lord. So when he comes, so many of the devotees, they, uh, they see that this baby, he seems as amazing and as beautiful as Krishna himself. But he's golden. And so they're thinking, this, this you know, must be the Supreme Lord. Some of them are seeing like that. But he's actually, he's in a golden form. So they're very much amazed by this. And everybody wanted to come and see. So it said that there were uh, many, many uh, persons coming and going to the house of the parents of uh, baby Nimai, Lord Chaitanya's name at, at birth. He had the name Nimai and Vishwabhar. Uh, so uh, at the time of uh, Nimai's birth, and when they had a, a birth ceremony and guests coming, uh, many, many people were coming that nobody really even recognized. And they looked to be just like common neighbors, but nobody knew who they were. And so what was happening was, uh, actually all the demigods and celestials were coming, and they were appearing in the forms of human beings. And they were coming to the house of Jagannath Mishra and Sachi Devi in the form of humans in, in, of the neighborhood, just to come and get the darshan of the Lord and to offer gifts. So it's explained in uh, the, the Shastra that uh, nobody really knew who was coming and going. <laughs> they had no understanding who was, uh, who was there and where they really come from. But nobody was concerned. They were just captivated by the, the beauty of uh, baby Nimai. So even from uh, his very appearance, he was making uh, a beautiful uh, show, a beautiful darsha, so um, glittering in gold that some would think, oh, he, he just looks like, you know, he's a... Uh, a bowl of butter, or he looks like he's a you know golden butter ball, just a, a beautiful child that's um, adorable. And then he would have different pastimes where he would cry, and the neighboring ladies and his mother they would uh, try to pacify him. And the only thing that pacified him uh, when he was crying was uh, the chanting of the holy names. They would, so they would start to clap and chant, chant Hari, Hari, and, uh, and, and then baby Nimai would stop crying. So that in that way, the only way to keep him not crying was to make sure they chanted all the time. <laughs> so there was always chanting of the holy names going on in the house. And then when he grew up, and he had his uh, childhood pastimes, he would be uh, like Krishna, because he is Krishna. He would even go and do what Krishna did. Go to the houses and break pots, and steal all kinds of sweets, and <laughs> he would do the same thing. And, uh, and then the people would go and complain to Nimai's father and mother, who are not different than Yashoda and Nanda Maharaj. And, uh, but they, they actually loved it that Nimai would come to their house. 
they were just so captivated by him. And so then when he was a little older and he could go to the Ganga and take bath, you know, after he would go for his lessons, and the boys would go after their lessons to take a refreshing bath. And uh, so Nimai would go underwater, and while the Brahmins were um, chanting their Gayatri and Ganga, Nimai would pull on their legs <laughs> and pull on their cloth. And, uh, and then he would come out of the water with a, a whole big mouth of gungo jaw in his, in his uh, mouth and spit it on the Brahmins. <laughs> Just like Krishna would do. He would do mischief when he was young. So then they would go to the house of Jagannathisha, his father, and they would complain, you're always doing all this mischief. And then uh, he would go after school and he would go to the Ganga, and sometimes the young girls were there worshiping um, Goddess Durga to have a good husband, you know, and worship Lord Shiva or Goddess Uma, right? And so they would be worshiping, and uh, Nimai would steal their offerings, and they would get very frustrated with him, and he said, "You should be offering them to me." I'm the one that um, you're supposed to make these offerings to. And, uh, and of course, they, they all love Nimai, because they're, they're a vocal, uh, naughty boy in the village. But here he is, like Krishna, right? Krishna would steal the garments of the gopis and do all kinds of rascal things in a transcendental way to endear himself to the hearts of all the devotees. So he would go and he would tell these girls, oh, you must worship me. And if you don't do that, then you're all going to have like seven co-wives co and, <laughs> and, and you won't have uh, any children or, or whatever curse <laughs> you know, he would threaten them with. And they would be very much disturbed and they would go to Nima's father and they would say, you know, he's He's disturbing. He comes down uh, after school and he disturbs us and the Brahmins would come. And, He's disturbing us. He was just down there at the Ganga and he was disturbing us. And so then Jagannath Mishra would come outside the house and then he would see, there's Nimai. And he's not wet. He's just looking like he's coming back from school. He's, he's covered with his, you know, whatever is there, um, they used to write an ink. The children would practice their alphabets, right, for Sanskrit studies. And, and so as children would do when they were in school, um, they would get covered with this, this ink. It's the substance that they would use for, for writing, right, on palm leaves and everything. And so then Jagannath Mishra would look at him and say, he doesn't appear to be coming from the book up. They're all complaining. He's, he's down at the Ganga, disturbing. But look, he's just come directly from school. He's, he's uh, you know, his hair is dry. He's covered with the ink. And uh, he's, he's looking like a, a good uh, boy. <laughs> and so uh, in this way, he would do many um, naughty pastimes, just like Krishna would do. And then when he was a little bit older, he was about 16, he uh, actually had his own school, 
his own Sanskrit school where he would teach uh, Sanskrit. He was known as Nimai Pandit. And he would teach grammar um, with, uh, at one point, he uh, just taught like logic. And then he uh, taught grammar with all the different names of uh, Krishna so that his students would, um, would always be learning the different holy names of the Lord. But he was just a, as if he was a, a, a logician, like a money-making um, professorial uh, logician, and just interested in logic and, uh, and not interested in, in uh, Vaishnavism. And so the devotees would say, oh, Nimai, you know, you would be the greatest devotee. You're, you're so learned and, and scholarly, but, you know, you don't teach like that. You, you don't teach the, the Supreme Lord's um, personal position. But if he could only be a devotee someday, and uh, so he'd say, well, by your blessings, by your blessings. So he'd have all these different pastimes. And, uh, and then, finally, he has the pastimes where he goes and he decides that he's going to take shelter of a guru. And so, after this pastime, he comes back to his village and he's exhibiting signs of ecstasy and always chanting the holy names of the Lord. And everyone is thinking, oh, what happened to Nima Pandit? He's completely transformed. He's just in ecstasy, chanting the holy names and dancing. And so uh, many of the devotees who knew him as just a naughty boy, a logician, um, they, they were so happy. Oh, this is an amazing transformation of Niman Pandit. And they were just, um, just overjoyed to see him like that. And so he would, uh, he would gather the devotees together and uh, chant the holy names. And then uh, eventually, uh, his chanting of the holy names with his associates, which used to be in private, and in public. So they began to chant in the, uh, in the streets. And so they caused um, uh, a lot of disturbance to the uh, smarter brahmanas, like the brahmanas that were um, trying to uh, earn a living through um, their services of puja. And uh, they weren't actually devotional, but they were like smarta. They were just more or less interested in earning a living. So they, they were disturbed about this Sankirtan movement. And they would uh, rustle up, um, um, you know, the, uh, the authorities, the local Mohammedan authorities, to act against Nimai and his uh, devotees. And so much so that one time, the uh, Nawa, he uh, broke a Madonga drum and he told them, you can't have Sankirtan anymore in the streets. He said, we forbid that you have any Sankirtan. Well, what happened was uh, uh, Lord Chaitanya, he organized um, civil disobedience and there must have been like hundreds of thousands of devotees who uh, came out with torches, flaming torches, and um, chanting holy names in the streets defying the local Mohammedan authorities, very, you know, courageously going out. And in fact, they went to the, to the home of the Nawa and being going like to the White House or something, or storming, you know, the parliament or whatever. And, uh, and then Lord Chaitanya went there and confronted the Nawa in a, in a peaceful way. 
And he, uh, he explained to him uh, the science of Vaishnavism and actually converted him. Muhammad and Nawa became a Vaishnava. So this is an amazing thing. And then after these pastimes, then he uh, eventually took sannyas so that he could, um, well, he could get the respect of the people. They could appreciate him. The sannyas, the renunciates were respected. Um, and also, too, it would uh, free him up to just travel and um, engage in the Sankirtan mission all over India. Um, so he, uh, he did that for his latter pastimes. So anyway, uh, you can read all about this in Chaitanya uh, Charitamrita, and you'll hear more about it, especially Gorpurnima uh, will be celebrated um, here on the night. I don't know what day they celebrate in India, but anyway, this weekend and uh, Monday we'll be celebrating. So any um, questions or additions or comments or any pastime to add? I was wondering if uh, Lord Krishna in previous incarnation or maybe in future, whether there will be any incarnation in the form of a human? In the form Is it possible? I'm sorry. In, in, in the form of uh, women. Women? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If it is possible, uh, then what qualities we can expect? Oh, wow. <laughs> Well, uh, we do have in the Srimakaapakatamam, there was uh, the churning of the milk ocean with the demons and the demigods in the eighth canto. And um, who appeared in, in this pastime but Mohini Morti, who the incarnation of uh, Krishna in womanly form, the most beautiful woman who um, actually bewildered the, uh, the demons. And, um, and she had the pot of nectar you know, churn from the ocean of milk. And uh, so she, uh, she had this uh, pot of a, a mortal elixir, and the, dem the demons all wanted that. And they were so enamored by her beauty that um, they, they just became so bewildered that she was able to hand over the pot of nectar without any fight to the demigods. But then when Rahu realized what happened, then he, he uh, took a, a sip of that nectar, you know, like, you know, here. So, <laughs> so his head was immortal, <laughs> causing the eclipses. <laughs> so that's Mohini Murti. Um, she's um, in the eighth canto of Srimadavatam. So this uh, most beautiful woman. <laughs> and of course, actually, you know, even more than that, even more um, esoteric, is um, that Radha and Krishna are one and yet so-called two. <laughs> so the pleasure potency of Lord Krishna is the most wonderful, beautiful, amazing goddess. So in that sense, we can understand that uh, there's nothing more amazing than 
Lord Chaitanya coming as Radha and Krishna, and Radha and Krishna themselves coming and having their um, Vrindavan pastimes in Srimad uh, Bhagavatam. Anything else? Did you want to say anything about that, Prabhu? Okay, if there's nothing else, then uh, we'll stop here. All glories to Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, all glories to Gopalina, all glories to Gornita, all glories to Sri Prabhupada, and all the Sunday devotees. Thank you very much. Thank you.